Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Huh. Well, Bruce, that was, that was one of the worst games of the year. The Oilers lost 5-1. They weren't really in the game. Let's just get at it. Two good things, two bad things, and two numbers. What's your good thing, Bruce? Oh, well, my good moment was one second out of that game that I really enjoyed was uh, uh, big bruising Marcus and attempting to launch Dustin Brown into low Earth orbit. And as a long-time detester of uh, Dustin Brown, I have to say I love that moment. It's the biggest hit that he's ever taken against the Oilers, to, to my memory. And I have a pretty good memory, a long list of grievances against Dustin Brown. And a few of them were repaid in that moment when... Uh, Big Nemo line and closed the gap on him and basically sent him about two feet off the ice and then he hit the boards on the way down. <laughs> Just a devastating shot by the uh, by the big kid who overall had a pretty good game. You know, uh, uh, he played 19 minutes tonight. Marcus Nemo Linen had a shot, four hits, three block shots, and uh, he he looked pretty reasonably confident behind his own blue line and he stood out for that reason. Yeah, I liked him too, Bruce. He could stay on the other. I've said this. He could stay on the Oilers because of his hitting. His passing mm-hmm. isn't great, but the Oilers need to be a, a more physical hockey team, I think. Um, that's that's an element which is kind of missing from their game. They can they can take a, a bit of a pounding and still succeed, but they don't generally give out a pounding to succeed. Right. And it always helps to have that aspect to your team, and I, I think he brings it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around. Because he, if he can play solid defense, and he generally did this game, I mean, he got beat on in garbage time. He got beat on a pass into the slot. But other than that, on the you know when the Kings had that power play, on power play uh, you know f- three goals on that power play when the Oilers had essentially given up. So, yeah. yeah well, he uh, uh, when Darnell Nurse came back into the lineup, and you'd think the low man on the totem pole might be the last guy that got called up, Nima Linen, but no, sorry, it was Willem Lagerson who sat. Not only was Nima Linen still in the lineup, he wasn't on the third pairing either. He was on the second pairing. And the third pairing was pretty definitively Philip Broberry and uh, Chris Russell, and they had a pretty tough game. They <laughs> they did. I liked Andy Sutton when he was in order, Bruce, and I liked this player just fine so far. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was clean too, right? It was like yeah. He nailed him right in the breastbone. Like that's what you want to see is hammer the guy hard and fair. Alrighty, the breastbone. Mm. Uh, is there a breastbone? I guess there yeah. is. All right. Yeah, that's what my mom used to call it. She would know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my good thing, Zach Hyman, Bruce. Um, listen, the Oilers didn't have a lot going on on the attack tonight. They did rev it up a little bit in the second. Oh. And who knows if McDavid hadn't, you know, hadn't had that penalty called against him. They might have been able to to somehow squeak out a, a point or two out of this one, but they really didn't have a lot going on. The, the grade A shots were nine to ten. Oilers nine, Kings ten. Uh-huh. And um, but Hyman was one of the guys who did have it going on on a number of occasions uh, during this game. Um, he almost scored 
on the power play. The Oilers finally kind of got it going on in the second on a power play. There was a Barry made a nice play and wristed a shot at net, which was blocked, I think. <clears throat> and then McDavid got a slot shot, and then Hyman almost put on the rebound. Great save by Jonathan Quick. Um, mm-hmm. It was on the <laughs> shorthanded play, though, that he really made a great little play on the wall. Just a perfect pass uh, to kick off that sequence where Darnell Nurse scored his goal. A really nice goal by Darnell Nurse. But really, it was that pass, which was the, the most clever play of all. Actually, mm-hmm. that's not true. Nuge's backhanded pass was really fine, and, and Nurse's finish was absolutely outstanding. So all three of those those passes, those plays, I should say, were really good. But Hyman made the first of them, and, and that's what got it going. Um, I think later in the second, let me just see here. Yeah, later in the second, he drove the net really hard. And he got a shot on net, and then McDavid like came so close to scoring on the rebound. And um, would have been huge at that moment if he had done so. But as always tonight, Jonathan Quick was there with the with his pad on the ice and making the save. So not to be. But other than that, I, I just like in a fairly weak team effort, Zach Hyman wasn't weak. He had a good game. So he's my good thing. What's your bad thing, Bruce? Yeah, uh, well, I got to go with the start of the game, David. And uh, I'm going to call the team out a little bit. That's unacceptable. Uh, it's two games in a row. It's about eight out of the last 12, it seems like, uh, where they just flat out weren't ready to play. Like they talk on the TV about it being a slow start. No, a slow start is when nothing happens for five minutes because the two teams are tooling around in center ice and nobody's get generating anything. A slow start for the Oilers when the other team is pumping two or three shots on net a minute and scoring right, you know, right off the hop. And th- it happened on Friday night and it killed them. They gave up a goal in the first minute. They gave up. On Friday, eight shots against in the first four and a half minutes of that game in Seattle. And the Oilers were skating uphill all night long. They, you know, they got behind early. It's like they want to challenge themselves. Well, let's give the other guys a goal or two and let's see what we can do from from behind. No, how about you show up for the start of the damn game? And after it happened on Friday night, next game, very next game, you think, okay, well, we're going to show up for the start of the and not a friggin' chance did they show up for the start of this game again burned for a great chance like 15 seconds into the first period with like three lost battles down low in their own zone and a goal a shot that hit the post a goal two minutes into the first period by the eight minute mark uh the uh, kings had 10 shots on net by the eight minute mark of the first period the shots were like 10 to 2 for los angeles and it's just, it's not good enough. And, you know, it's, its uh, you know, this is professional hockey. This isn't beer league. This isn't the world's longest game where you can kind of glide your way around and maybe get into it after, you know, a while. Show up to play. You've got to show up to play. They didn't. And once again, they fell behind early and couldn't catch up. Two games in a row. And like I say, quite a few other games lately, and some of them, they were able to work their way out of it. And it's like they got this false sense, well, we can score at will and we're going to get a bunch of goals later. So what happens in the early going? Well, this was a 2-1 game, and they trailed the whole way because they they weren't ready to start it up. And Dave Tippett, I I wrote a tweet, and I said, Dave Tippett's got work to do. And some people uh, took that to mean that I was blaming Dave Tippett, and I wasn't. I was blaming the team. But the coach has got to figure it out, and he's got to do something. They're lucky I'm not the coach. They'd be bag skating tomorrow morning because it's too much. Too much. Get your crap together. 
and be ready for drop of the puck. It's just, you know, there's just no excuse for it. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Thanks, Kate McCready, they called you. <laughs> well, no, I, Bruce, I agree. I agree. That was a good rant. I agree with you. Come on. <laughs> Come on. This is getting to be ridiculous at this point. And I, you know what? We, we can't read their minds, Bruce. Mm-hmm. But I think you might just might have done it, like with your speculation. They might think, oh, well, we, we can score. We can score on the power play so easily, and they can. Um, and they almost did, right? Lots of good chances, lots of good yep. moments yep. on the power play. And they almost did, and they think they can do it. So it's kind of like, ah, we'll kind of, you know, loosen up a little bit here, and then we'll get it going on. You know, and I'm going to single out Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 15, mm-hmm. like, 10, 12 seconds into the game, he lets a guy march right out of the corner. He loses his check, lets a guy march out of the corner, and it's a one-timer shot that Koskinen has to stop because of his lethargy, because of his pee-poor defensive play there. Like, come on, Nuge, wake up. Be ready, you know, good hockey player, great hockey player, fantastic pass for the puck. Not a great defensive center, uh, you know, um, and his slot play was why. So I didn't he like that. He started the game playing center. Did he? Yeah, okay, yeah, he did. That's right. He was at center, first, and there you go. Shift. So he's got to get it done. He's got to make that play. And um, it was lucky that wasn't a goal against. So, yeah, I guess I'm a little hot under the collar there, too, Bruce, about this. Getting okay, my up, David. What's that? I'm getting you revved up, David. <laughs> yeah. It's a fan response. I mean, if I was a paying fan at that game, I mean, well, I'm uh, just as a home fan watching on TV, I'm kind of pissed off about it. And if I was a paying fan, it'd be more than that. Show up to start the game. Uh, my bad thing, Bruce, was Miko Koskinen on the second goal. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear, like I'm, I'm not 100% clear, clear if the shot went through Darnell Nurse's legs or not. Or if he actually had a clear look at it. I think he actually had a clear look at it, but I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure. In either case, that was a B shot. It was outside the dot or right at the dot. It's from an angle. He should be able to make that save. He's got to make that save, and he didn't. And, uh, well, you know, like on a B shot, you should be stopping 90% of them. Um, you know, a high percentage of grade B scoring chance shots you should stop. And he didn't. He he actually played not terribly otherwise. Like there was a lot of goals against and you know, a lot in garbage time. Through the through the run of the game until the McDavid penalty, he was okay. But I just wish he had made that save and they needed him to make that save. And it was the difference in the game. They it got the Kings out to that two goal lead. It's hard to come back from it was the winner's goals. Yeah, against a, against a tough checking and determined team, which the Kings were tonight. So, Yeah, and it, it was a rocket of a shot by Kempe. Like, he can really fly, and he, he, he sort of used his speed and just fired it in Costco, and he kind of flared out his blocker, and he couldn't pull it back, and it went right under. Yeah. Uh, they call it the six hole. I call it the armpit hole, but whatever. It's uh went right in between his, his arm and his body. And it was it was a bullet shot, but Koskinen should have had it. What's your second bad thing, Bruce? We'll go with two bad things. <sighs> yeah, oh yeah, on this game, uh, I'm going to go with um, uh, the line of Derek Ryan uh, with uh, Warren Fogle and Colton Sevier, but I am going to single out Derek Ryan, uh, who had another miserable game. 
Scott, this game, uh, you know, the three power play goals at the game at the end made it look like a blowout, but it, it was a 2-1 game, and at even strength, it was 2 nothing for L.A., with L.A. out shooting Edmonton uh, 32-17 during the 49 minutes at even strength. L.A. was way the better team in this game, and they were the better team at even strength and eventually uh, on special teams. Well, that line got burned for both of the goals. Uh, so Derek Ryan, I mean, you could say these are numbers, uh, but uh, I got another number for the numbers. Uh, two shot attempts for 17 against, outshot 10 to 1, scoring chances 0 4, 10 against, high danger chances 0 4, 4 against, and 0 goals for 2 against, minus 2 uh, for Derek Ryan. And it's just the same old movie that we've seen. He was last a, a plus player in Arizona in game number four of the season. After he was plus one at that time, and now I think he's up to minus 13 on the season. Like he's just mm-hmm. bleeding, bleeding, bleeding goals. And he hasn't had a point since uh, he scored his one point against Calgary back on October 16th. And this is now December the 5th. You know, like almost two months later, and he's gone. He missed a little bit of time in there, but he's just been been struggling mightily, uh, game after game. And they give him different line mates at times, but it's just not working. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Sevier did make that great play where he denied a goal in the third period, which would have put the Kings up three to one at that point, and mm. that kept the Oilers in the game because of his great defensive awareness. I actually. See, I, I'm seeing him well. I think he's playing fine. Uh, Sevier, just Ryan was just Ryan was just not did not have it going on tonight. He had a really rough game. He, um, you know, was partly responsible. I think on the, what was it the first goal? Yeah, where he um, where he uh, lost a board battle in the neutral zone, and then it breaks down the ice. Russell then loses a battle on the boards, and then Broberg. Broberry goes down. He didn't need to go down. He just needed to, mm-hmm. to cover the guy in front of the net and have the guy shoot. But he went down, which allowed the pass, which allowed the goal. So just, you know, three three mistakes, bang, 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 it's in the net. And Ryan was part of that for sure. Yeah, well, all three forwards on that line, all three of them came over to the boards uh, in front of the penalty box between the uh, offensive blue line and the center red line. And the puck, you think the puck's getting tied up on there, and basically all three of them lost the battle and it went south and then once russell had a problem he had no support he had Brobery trying to come and make the hero play and there was no forwards anywhere to be seen on the yeah. on the back track because they were all standing still at center in minor hockey that's where the coaches yell on the bench don't bunch up don't bunch up <laughs> you could have thrown a blanket over all three guys yeah <laughs> okay my bad yeah. my second bad thing bruce is Connor mcdavid's uh, match match penalty is that what it's called like a five minute major where he's kicked out of the game and major in game misconduct so not a match I, but same same general result as Fine. those penalties go it was a mild one i mean i think it was first of all it's a bang bang play it wasn't charging from a million miles away second of all i think he tried he hit him on the shoulder that's where the contact was made because it was a hard hit into the shoulder from behind mm-hmm. um it drove his face into the glass and and yep, gave him sure a bloody did. nose now, for all the Oilers fans who are complaining bitterly, and I, I haven't been on Twitter, I'm just guessing though, there's a number of bitter complaints it about does. that call. And and I get it. So first of all, I get it. I hated the call. I really did in the moment. 
but here's what I'm going to ask you to think about when you, when you're complaining, if that had happened, turn it around. If Adrian Kempe had thrown that hit on Connor McDavid, what would your reaction be? Would you be calling for suspension now? Would you be, would you say that was justice? Because I would. <laughs> so, um, that's the truth. I would. And, and so I can't, knowing that, I can't do anything but do what Louis DeBrusque did during the broadcast and kind of, you know, own it. He hit him from behind, drove his head into the glass. That is a five-minute penalty. He's out of the game. And I accept the call on those grounds. So you don't have to agree with me, but that's my take. What about you, Bruce? He didn't hit him in the head, but his head hit the glass. Yeah. And uh, the result of the contact, and it, was, it wasn't it was like even a particular, I didn't think, vicious check, like, but he did finish the check against the guy in a vulnerable position. Yeah. And bloodshed resulted. Uh, not so serious that Kempe wasn't able to come out and pot the power play goal and put it away, but so it goes sometimes, you know. It's, yeah. Bloodshed resulted. Uh, I've got no no huge beef with, uh, with that call. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but... Once I saw the blood, I thought, oh, he's probably gone. There will be no suspension. There better not be. I'm going to the game on Tuesday night. I'll be pretty choked if (laughs) Connor's in the press box. There won't be a suspension. (laughs) No. That was was right on the edge. Like, there's all kinds of... He got heavily penalized within the game. He doesn't need other games. You know, I mean, that's a a very heavy penalty that he took. It basically cost his team their chance at the win. Yes. What's your number? Yeah. Oh, my number is seven. Uh, and this is uh, uh, defenseman Tyson Berry led the Oilers tonight with seven shot attempts. That sounds pretty good, eh? Except for this. All seven of them got blocked. He didn't get a single shot through. Seven shot attempts. All of them blocked. Okay. I, you know, what's... What's up, Doc? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I got nothing to say other than the number. It just kind of speaks for itself. What the hell? And his only other stat on the night was two giveaways. Yeah. He didn't leak. Well, he did. There was the one breakaway, actually, that he gave up. So <laughs> his partnership with Nima Linen was actually probably the safest partnership on the ice tonight. It was at even strength. <laughs> nurse, and, nurse and Bouchard were a bit of a mess in the first period and yeah. Okay. My number, Bruce, is two. Mm-hmm. Now the orders have been bragging that they never lost more than one in a row this year. Well, they just mm-hmm. did too, and they did it in decisive fashion. Absolutely decisive fashion. They they really deserve to lose that game. <coughs> so and they did. So this is the uh, down point of the season. We're down. We're we're not happy. Um, expectations have been raised in Edmonton. I guess yeah. where we expect more from this team. And I think justifiably so. They have been outworked yes. uh, in both those games. Yes. And that's what's why he's hard to take. And it, they start coming on and they start outworking the other team, but they get outworked at the start of the game. Two periods in a row, one period in a row, and then they start coming back. Like, it's not good enough from this team. And if they're all crabby and sour, well, that's good, you know. Um, so are the fans. And as, you know, there's two things in hockey, Bruce, winning and misery. They're feeling the misery good they should be because they they haven't played well how about feeling crabby at the zero 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 mark of the first period next game instead of getting into the same trap that you fell into the game before so and as for them outworking la well in the third period tonight uh, uh, 
despite LA holding the lead and uh, score effects pushing the game uh, uh, towards LA's end, you would think LA outshot the orders 13 to four in the third period. And the last three or four shots came on the power play. Devon had four shots trading by a goal in, in the third period. They just couldn't really get it going at all. No, so the only I don't time think they out- even then they outworked the Kings. I just thought they 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 raised their work rate, but they never never outworked them. I thought you know, in the second Bruce, Kings. the second one, the Oilers had six Grade A shots to two for the Kings. Um, <laughs> excuse me. That's that's the period where the Oilers kind of came alive and started to trying to grind their way back into the game. And 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 you know that's when Hyman played well, and that's when they got their goal, and that was the bright spot of the game. But not to be Bruce. Let's let's leave it there. Thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, that's enough said about that stinker. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.